0: TheChairShot.com the always
1: always
0: use your head
1: you are now listening to chair shot radio always use your head
2: ah oh. right, here it is, Sunday morning, and that means Chair Shot Radio with Patrick O'Dowd and not David Ungar. That's right, kids, Dave has life to take care of today while we're recording, so we're going to let Dave live his life, and that's okay, because I brought in a more than suitable replacement for this Sunday edition of Chair Shot Radio, my good friend, one of the co-hosts, of the bandwagon nerds podcast my good friend the reverend ray cash rev how you doing today on this k I'm good
1: sunday? man I'm good and it only makes sense that on a sunday you hear from the reverend right it only makes That's sense That's
2: right you're going to preach you are listening to chairshot radio on the chairshot radio network a part of the chairshot.com and with ray here I thought rather than put him through hockey talk which is what we would normally do <laughs> for for this Sunday as the blues as my blues try to make the playoffs and kind of doing this weird win one lose one win one lose one win one lose one business whatever we're just gonna do kind of our own bandwagon nerds show we're gonna we're gonna cover some stuff that we want to cover that we don't get to cover on bandwagon because reasons
1: love it real but but Real quick for the hockey talk, if you listen to the Edge this week with me and Kyle, we talked a little hockey, talked about the NHL, the new NHL NHL deal, uh, talked about the fact that I'm gonna be a Kraken fan because that's the I I want to start from the ground floor.
2: Well, and let me tell you, that logo is dope. Like as is it, a, as it's a
1: dopest logo a,
2: as a nerd for all things mythology, a giant freaking octopus of legend. Bro. You you can't really we go all,
1: wrong. I also learned that the Canadians are not their real name. They are the ice hockey club of Canada. Right. Of Montreal. Right. So I learned some stuff, right? I'm I'm learning and Look at you. this is also yeah, I don't hate hockey. I just don't watch it. And I know about <laughs> it. It's not that I don't care about it. It's really hard to watch because I can't see the puck. So like okay. that kills but the most fun i've ever had at a sporting event that's not wrestling is at a hockey game oh god so, yeah
2: watching hockey live is something is an experience all on its own and i for my money you know you can talk about other sports and the super bowl is kind of the biggest championship game out mm-hmm. there right the best Absolutely. playoffs the best playoffs are our hockey playoffs in my opinion stanley cup per- stanley yeah i would agree with that particularly the overtime rules, the drama of next goal wins and you play till someone scores is intense. And watching playoff hockey is it's special, man. And you live and die with like the whole game and one puck feels like, or, you know, Mm -hmm. one goal feels like eight goals. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talked about not seeing the puck, one of the funniest things I remember was, uh, I think it was NBC, was trying to help people who were complaining about not seeing the puck. And so they did these sports broadcasts for a while where they highlighted the puck in blue and kind of had like a tracer around <laughs> it. Around. And hockey purists just crapped all over it. And none yeah. of them wanted anything to do with it. And so NBC actually ultimately was like, you know what? The people who are complaining about seeing the puck, like we don't want them as an audience. We'll, we'll keep our diehards. And it's been like that ever since. And so yeah, I uh playoff hockey is is the best. It's exciting. And you know, next week I'm sure when when Dave and I are back back on the call together, we're we gonna be uh we're gonna be talking about some playoff hockey and, and it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. But
1: one of the oh, real one quick, one of the things I love about playoff hockey yep. is that it's not chalk. Most other oh, ever most other um playoff uh seatings and other sports me. you pretty much know who's gonna make it to the conference finals. Uh HC can really get all the way through and I love that because anybody can win. Second thing real quick, you remember when they put the tail on the puck? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what I really tried. I really tried to watch Stan and I just couldn't get it. Same thing and thirdly I'd like to um I'd like to throw the idea of my boy Kyle coming on the show one day because he loves hockey. And uh, you know he he won't lobby for himself, but you know just throw that out there to you.
2: We'll, we'll have to take that to committee, and we'll we'll talk it through. We'll see what happens. Okay, I you got to go I'll, to
1: the lawyer and go go to court. No, yeah, we got to sure. drop
2: a contract. We got to make sure all the the T's and lowercase J's are dotted. Uh, t's are crossed, lowercase J's are dotted, and all that. So, but that's it. That's all we're gonna do in terms of hockey talk today. Today, you and I are gonna talk about. Two topics. One is, is is something I've just always wanted to talk about on the bandwagon, and it just gets shot down left and right. And with this week being the week of May the 4th, we are going to have a Star Wars conversation, whether you like it or not. And it's going to be a Star Wars conversation that I threw out there that got poo-pooed by both Tunny and Dave as things that they, they don't want to talk about. And I don't even remember where you stood on this. Uh, but before we do that, you and I have brought up on more than one occasion... And we talked about it briefly on Bandwagon Nerds. A little show that's been airing on Disney Plus called The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, yes, which sir. is a story set 25 years after the original Mighty Ducks movie hit theaters. We've now had, you know, we, there's three movies that that came out in that little trilogy, and Disney Plus brought this series back. caught Emilio Estevez... To reprise his role as Gordon Bond Bay with a new band of misfits trying to make it in the world of hockey. And I was I was skeptical of this show. But I, I loved the Mighty Ducks enough to mm-hmm. to wanna to see it. Like I like the Mighty Ducks movie franchise so much that if it's on a movie channel, it's one of those where I'll stop and see it through.
1: Absolutely. All three of them, all three of the movies too.
2: Oh yeah. And what I love is like certain um certain movie channels, they'll just play the whole damn trilogy, like just one right after another. You get one, two, three, boom, 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 and it's like win, win, win. So yeah. but in this iteration, and then and then we can just talk about like our thoughts and feelings about it. In this iteration, the Mighty Ducks have been this championship caliber. Youth hockey team. There's multiple levels now. Yeah, they're a powerhouse. They're the New York Yankees of junior hockey. And this boy who's been a part of the team for clearly a few years, he gets cut by the coach as they move up a level because he's just not good enough. And his mom, who works hard and is played by a woman whose name I can't remember right now.
1: Lauren Graham.
2: Lauren Graham. She takes it upon herself to see if they can't form their own team and they call themselves the Don't Bothers so that her son has a place to play. They recruit a band of misfits, just like in the original film, and they find this beat-up, run-down hockey rink for their home ice run by a curmudgeon owner who happens to be Gordon Bombay. Mm-hmm. And we are six episodes into this show. We finally got a reunion show this week. And I just love this show because it, it is so much like the original in the the feel and the sense of like misfits trying to find their place in the world, finding finding this way to kind of rise up against bullies. There's a lot of twists and turns that happen within this that play on the original conceit of of the movies and yet are still true to the 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 whole theme and idea of it all and it's it's terrific and even this past week like the ducks who are the bad guys which is the thing that's just like they're the bad guys the the ducks are having this like gala celebrating the original group and they don't invite gordon because he doesn't encourage the image that mm-hmm. they want for the Ducks brand. Uh, but they invite all the old players. And, and the story behind, you know, the story and the result is just really, really cute. And so I just, I love this show and I wanted to share it with folks and talk about what makes it great. So I, I'm hogging up all the my time. You, I know, love it as well. What do you yes. think makes this show so great?
1: It's heart. The show has so much heart and it also doesn't take itself too seriously oh,
2: those absolutely. are
1: i think i think those are two of the greatest attributes of a fun show especially a show that's aimed to either kids and nostalgia you can't take yourself too seriously and you got to have heart and um the perfect um blueprint for the kind of misfit group and you can say the uh the uh, little rascals too because if you watch the original Mighty Ducks and you watch this Mighty Ducks, literally down to the person. Evan is Charlie. Um, Nick, our favorite character, is Averman. Coop is Goldberg. The two girls are going to end up being Connie, especially after this episode, right? Right. You, 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 you see, you can even the kid uh, from Toronto who can't skate is going to be Adam Banks. You can tell it's gonna with happen his, a bit with his
2: great hair. When he talks about his bad hair day, I love it. Like that's <laughs> his whole character trait. Is that, and he finally has a bad hair day in, in this in this last episode, and he's all upset about it. But they're so supportive of each other too, and that's so
1: what's so supportive. Yes, it's so good. Sam is Jesse. Like you can see it so much. It's right there, and I think the the best part about the show, is the crazy neurotic mom, and uh gordon and their i think their banter because they play off each other so well yes emilio
2: estevez and lauren graham do a great job yes
1: and to see where gordon starts and then if you've watched this last episode it almost brings a little tear to your eye because you can see that the world is open to him again right we've all been there where like something you love you felt like it turned its back on you and you just kind of cut yourself off from the world at certain points. And to see the old ducks come back and prop him up, it's such a good show, man. Like, oh, absolutely. We could, we could dedicate a whole episode of hey, Bad Racking Nerds just to the show.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. Here's here's the last sort of thought that I have on this and sort of a comparison, because this is another show I've pushed on you guys. And that's um, this is like a kid's version of Ted Lasso, which is on Apple+. Plus. And if you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet and you have Apple+, Apple Plus do yourself a favor and watch it and the reason i draw the comparison is because it's kind of it's an optimistic show it's a show that when you walk out of an episode you generally feel good even in the conflict and i'm going to re like i'm going to be re-watching ted lasso soon just to remember it because they announced when the second season is going to drop and this is the same sort of feeling i have when i watch this show like you know, there's a conflict among the kids that we know is gonna get worked out and you're gonna feel better for it. But it's not to say that they they succeed at every turn. There's heartbreak, there's there's consequences. Like the whole crux of this last episode, episode six, is the the young the boy who gets cut by the ducks gets an opportunity to come back with the ducks, and mm-hmm. his mom leaves it up to him what kind of decision he makes, and he gets frustrated with it. And he almost goes, and he practices with the ducks, and and at the end he decides to stay with them. But even that moment where he thought about leaving his friends turned into a bit of conflict, and there's a consequence, and he's going to have to work through it. And we know they will, because that's going to mm-hmm. like that's always the thing is that the you know the ducks stick together. In this case, the the don't bothers are going to stick together. They're going to see this through, and, and they're gonna they're gonna come out of it okay. I don't think. The, that they'll that they'll be successful by the end of their first season. I think that they will face some level of disappointment trying to make it to states to build into season two because that's that's kind of the the story of the show yeah. And yeah, I just think that that's better storytelling. So yeah, I just go check it out, folks. It's worth the time if you're wanting to fill a void. After the Falcon slash, I'm sorry, Captain America and the Winter Soldier has ended.
1: There you go. This is
2: a this is a good show on Disney Plus to check out and, and kind of fill fill the void.
1: Disney Plus has done such a good job with their scheduling, since they do it weekly. They do right. episodic weekly shows, but um, Game Changers came out in the middle of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then the Big Shot with uh, yep. John, John Stamos. Stamos came out midway through Game Changers, and now we're going to get Bad Batch coming up in about, in about a week or so, and then we got Loki coming in the middle of Bad Batch. It's so perfectly scheduled because you're right. never without a new show that you could actually sink your teeth into, and Big Shot is also a fun show if you're into the whole same premise of a sports show with... uh, a, kind of about the coach, but really about the characters and and the the team and in this case it's high school girls basketball and so like they're knocking it out the park game changers big shot like I woke up in the morning at two o'clock to watch both nice Friday morning uh, I, yeah. I
2: I woke up this morning uh with a little O'Dowd and, and checked it out this morning with a little O'Dowd uh, Does he he like it? Do. uh yeah he likes it uh it's it's one of those things me trying to be like no no he actually likes the Muppet show better than anything that that I that I watch on Disney Plus right now, which we well that makes you of, feel good. Speaking of whole episodes of Bandwagon Nerds, that we could have just a whole episode on the Muppet Show, w- would be a whole thing. So there you have. Who's it. Who's your
1: favorite Muppet, real quick? Just Who's real my quick. Favorite, Who's your favorite Muppet?
2: Muppet. My yeah. favorite Muppet of all time is uh, it's actually the the Swedish Chef. Uh,
1: that's that's real. I love him too.
2: He's uh, he's great. I'm... Go
1: ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Your... I don't mean to re- I was gonna say I'm a Rolf fan. Right. Because I grew up with Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was my guy, on Muppet babies.
2: Now, I, I just love I love my kid so much because his favorite is, is he can't he has two and they count as one. And that's Statler and Waldorf, the two hecklers <laughs> up in the balcony. He thinks they're the he thinks they're the best. So yeah. I don't know what that says about my kid, but I respect it. Respect. Little doubt. Respect. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're gonna have a conversation I've always wanted to have on bandwagon nerds that I've never been able to. And with Dave out of the show today, I'm gonna to have it with Ray Cash. Before we go to the recorded commercials, though, I do need to do my duty and remind you all that if you love what we do over on Chairshot Radio and on the Chairshot.com, to head over to Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash the Chairshot and pick up a Chairshot T-shirt. We have tons of shirts available to you, over 25 different designs, everything from the original chair shop. Say
0: goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
2: Logo to various phrases and sayings from shows to shirts for shows themselves. For example, Ray and I, we got a shirt for Bandwagon Nerds. Great, great. I love it. It's the Bandwagon Nerds logo. A winner is you. The other nerdy show. Actually, the nerdy show's taken over. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot because we got the shirts. We got all of the shirts and we got the sayings. We got hashtag journalism, hashtag safe tag team wrestling. Jesus did the job and his dad was the booker. Stuff like that. Get it either regular size or regular style for about 20 bucks or if you're feeling fancy, want something feeling soft on your giblets, pay a few dollars extra. Get it soft style. Again, that's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And when we come back, the conversation Patrick O'Dowd has always wanted to have on bandwagon nerds, but never gets to because Dave and Tony don't want to have it. You're listening to Chairshot Radio. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code Chairshot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code Chairshot to save 10%. That's Angry Lemonade. We are back. So, it is Sunday, May 2nd. Tuesday is May the 4th. Well, also known as Star Wars Day. And of course, on Monday, the bandwagon will be doing nothing but talking about Star Wars stuff. We're going to get hyped up for things like the Bad Batch. Some news that came out of the Obi. Actually, it's not really news, but an interesting interview that Ewan McGregor had about fans feelings about the first uh, about the prequel trilogy where he played Obi-Wan Kenobi and just their response and reception of the that trilogy and, and how he felt about it and how he sees this show but a lot of good stuff coming up on the bandwagon on, on Monday and i'm going to give you the opportunity to respond and give me some thoughts on my theory as to who i argue is the most powerful character in the Star Wars universe.
1: Oh, okay. First of all,
2: care care to venture a guess as to who I argue is the most powerful character in the Star Wars universe?
1: Conventional wisdom would have you say Vader, but I have a feeling you're going to say maybe Luke.
2: You are wrong on both counts. Okay. It's (laughs) R2-D2.
1: You have told me this theory, but yes, go ahead. No, I'm, no, no. I'm, I'm ready. So, so my theory
2: and my argument as is, is that R2-D2 is... And, and this is where I'm going to take a very Jedi perspective on it, by the way. From a mm-hmm. certain point of view, R2-D2 is the most powerful character we have seen in the Star Wars universe to this point. And here's why. He has all the knowledge. He's been everywhere and has been the one constant... That has seen the entire Skywalker saga. He's so OP'd. That J.J. Abrams. Took him out of commission. For the entirety of The Force Awakens. He doesn't show up. Until the very end. Of that movie. To be like oh here's the map. With the answers to all of your questions. As to where you need to go. Because I'm R2-fucking-D2. He sets shit on fire. He has oil slicks. He flies. He has all of the knowledge of every piece of technology, it seems like, that the Empire could throw your way. Carried both sets of plans to Death Stars. Was the one who car- he knew who Obi Wan Kenobi was in A New Hope. He knew the he, he knew who Anakin really was. Mm-hmm. Hell, he, he he has all this if people understood his beeps and clicks, R2 could tell you everything. And that, that's the thing: is that they the the limits and the handicaps on his power are just that human beings aren't smart enough to listen to him. They never wipe his memory, and they give him all of the information. Like everybody's secrets are poured into R2D2. And if you want to solve any problem in the Star Wars universe or figure out any mystery in the Star Wars universe, you should fucking plug R2D2 into a computer and let him tell you the answer. No, he can't use the Force. Sure, he could be crushed by the Force. Nobody ever does. He's a survivor. He gets out of everything. Ships blow up, R2-D2's fine. He's
1: a survivor.
2: <laughs> he is. and this is, he the is thing. but that's funny. And this is the other thing that's really interesting about Star Wars and droids is that droids are sentient beings. Like, they yeah. have artificial intelligence. They have, you know, like, they have feelings. feelings. Like, yeah. C-3PO in the worst Star Wars movie of all time thanks a group of people he barely knows for being his friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's super emotional for right. a droid, absolutely.
2: And R two D two is the same way. R two D two's got sass. He's got personality. He's got spunk. He fights for himself. Right. Like he don't he don't take shit from no. He goes he goes total. He knows who Yoda is. He's been around Yoda before we're introduced to Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. He knows where to go. He, yeah, he didn't know where he didn't know where Yoda went to, but you can't tell me that what R two D two is just pretending like he didn't wheel around fucking Yoda all the time back in the day during the clone wars i mean that's the other thing you want a secret kept give it to r2d2 that dude is on lock down ain't nobody gonna get to r2
1: okay so first <laughs> and foremost it's a lot and there is a lot of factual information here i have one retort only one and i'm gonna analogize it for you to kind of make a make my point i'm not saying i disagree with you because i, I I don't. No, you
2: can't. It's totally cool. Everybody disagrees with me. That's fine. Because he's a droid.
1: But, but I mean, you've know, you you got to know me pretty well. I am a factual person. If you lay facts down, I can't disagree with facts. However, I want to retort one thing and see what you think. Mm-hmm. See if we're on the same page. In the Marvel Universe, would you consider Uatu the most powerful person in the Marvel Universe? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's like the genie, though.
2: So here I, I, I'm. I'm gonna take your analogy even a step further. He's like the yeah. genie in Aladdin. Phenomenal cosmic powers. Uh-huh. be limited. They put limitations on them. And so if if you sure. say that the power, if you say he's not the most powerful because there's limits to that, there's limits placed upon him and rules. I can buy that. I can I can, I can respect it because that's the same thing. Like watu is. He's, um, he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows mm-hmm. everything he and he is everywhere. However,
1: mm-hmm.
2: he is honor-bound not to interfere. As a so
1: I, so I think, so you see, see where I'm going. Because I think if, so, yeah. if we're just speaking of knowledge as power in general, then yeah, nobody can touch Y2, nobody can touch R2-D2. But I think in practice you've got people who have destroyed entire galaxies. You've got people who have destroyed entire um, worlds and, and, and uh, races of, of, not people, but groups, you know? So, like, because homie got the secrets in his back pocket, he's more powerful than a guy like Snoke or a guy like um, Palpatine or a guy like Darth Maul. You know what I'm saying? Like, I no, don't, I, I don't I know if she. that jobs we, with me well.
2: Without R2-D2, you can't destroy the single most powerful base that, dist- that can destroy entire systems.
1: You can't. You're not wrong. However, <laughs> you're not wrong. Right. When, uh, the, the, every story is framed a certain way because, sure. it, you, right, the whole new trilogy, it was BBA. was the Yo, droid yeah. of choice. So there's always another droid to pop up. It's not Mandalorian. There was uh, the droid at the end of the second season, who mm-hmm. was supposed to be the killer droid, and they flipped him and became the good droid that took care of the, of the child. It's gonna be another droid, but just because R two D two has been the droid of choice, you know what I'm saying?
2: I guess so, but then again, there's there's never been another R two D two, even with That's even facts. with BB eight, and, and I always go back to, yeah, like the way R R two D two is a manipulative motherfucker too, like <laughs> the way he finds the way he manipulates others to do what he wants them to do from the second, like, you know, and everybody knows he's got three PO under his thumb, of course, but the way he just sort of makes shit happen to work for him is hilarious. Like the way I'm not saying he didn't sabotage R4 when Luke Skywalker was looking for him, you know, with a bad motivator seems shady or, you know, I, I go back to him being a survivor. I do think that some of it's luck. Like, he's lucky he Mm. wasn't the astromech droid blasted off of the Naboo ship when they're trying to escape the blockade. Yet, at the same time, he's always the one who knows. He's the one who drives Luke to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, he pulls Luke to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, I just... when, When they have the option to wipe the memories... Of droids at the end of, um, sorry, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. They choose to remove the memories of C-3PO. Right? Bell mm-hmm. Organa says, have the have the protocol droids memory wiped. It doesn't say a damn word about R2 and they just hang out with Captain Antilles. Because he knows all the shit. But, and you can't wipe that because he knows all the shit.
1: Well, yeah, but could it also be a case of he's unassuming? People don't. People assume that he. I I always argue.
2: It's, I always argue that it's because C three PO can speak, you know, six million forms of communication. Because here and mm-hmm. here's the other thing is, three PO was always programmed to take orders. He he never acts independently. He has no like That's true. in in the sense of his own will. Like you, three PO, I would argue was the safer one to not wipe the memory of, because three PO doesn't really go outside of his his protocols and his programmings unless otherwise directed to. So what does that
1: feel like you talked about that he can speak?
2: Right. So I don't know. I just I think that I think people love R2D2. People love the character, but to me he's low key the most powerful character in the Star Wars universe. He's got all the secrets, he knows all the things, and he knows how to manipulate you to get him what he could get he could get Disney to release Black Widow next week. I bet you R two D two if you could get then, on there, yeah. like let's get that shit if,
1: done. If, if he would do that, he got Theranos, he got Dark Side, he got Omni Man, he got everybody. If he could do that, right? Wow, uh, that is it, I got to tell you this. It's uh, it's uh, as a guy who's used to coming with out, out there arguments, it's out there argument, but it's a valid argument, and I see that to you, sir, that okay, your you. argument makes sense.
2: The last thing that I that I want to to, to just kind of finish hammering my point home, it, and it's not even really, the, is I didn't come to this conclusion until after I started watching animated Star Wars shows that are now kind of considered canon with the Disney ownership. Like Clone
1: Wars and stuff like you that. You
2: watch Clone Wars, and my freaking God, the stuff R2 has seen and done and manipulated and controlled. Okay. It's... It's crazy. Have you ever watched the Clone Wars show?
1: I've never watched any of the uh, okay the the secondary or tertiary shows. When no. you when you Mandalorian some, was the first time I you, dealt outside are, of you, the movies
2: because you're a fan of the the prequel trilogy. We talked about this on Bandwagon. Yes, Nights. sir. I think you would really like the Clone Wars because it it, yeah. it follows Obi Wan and Anakin, while and it's that in between time from the end of Episode Two and the beginning of episode three and transitions the seventh season that they did to kind of wrap up. all The sixth and seven season are concurrent slash a little bit past the revenge of the revenge of the Sith. And it's one of those seasons. It's a little bit of a slow go the first couple of seasons, but by the time I got to season three, four and on that thing's a fuck it's a, it's a roller coaster and it's amazing and totally worth the watch. And so okay. I think you would really enjoy it. I think you would. I think you would like it a lot. If you can get past those first couple of seasons, where it's a little bit slower, it gets it gets really really good. And I strongly strongly recommend it.
1: Well, with Bad Batch coming out and, and so much more st- new Star Wars um, right. properties dropping, well, I want to start delving back into the things I missed see, over and, the past years. And to, 15, to watch the Bad
2: years. Batch, those characters originate out of the Clone Wars,
1: out That's of the what Clone I Wars series. Yeah.
2: So. You learn about them and you learn a lot about the clones and stuff too. And that's, that's really, that, that really then helps build some stuff for um, I'm in the middle of star Wars rebels, which basically takes place after the clone wars um, series and, and has characters that from that series that have carried over there. So that's
1: where Ahsoka comes from in it rebels.
2: No, Ahsoka comes from um, clone Clone wars. Wars? Yep. She's Anakin's Padawan.
1: Got you. That Well, that makes a lot of sense now. Okay. Not in
2: Seattle. Yeah. But then yeah. in Rebels, you get Grand Admiral Thrawn, who That's the she one. talks okay. about in The Mandalorian. And Grand Admiral okay. Thrawn actually originates out of the Timothy Zahn books, Heir to the Empire, and that trilogy. So there's, there's a ton of stuff, and we could talk all day, but we are up against it here. It is oh, over 30 minutes, and I know. We got a whole bandwagon nerd show to, to talk about Star Wars stuff tomorrow. Maybe we'll yes, get into this a yes. little bit tomorrow as well. Uh, before we go, give everybody the quick rundown. Where can they find you and follow you out there in the interwebs?
1: I am at It's Ray Cash. That is R-E-Y as in Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in Dollars. Of course, you can catch me, Outsider's Edge, every Friday. You can catch me on um, Head Trauma Thursdays, Chairshot Radio. Bandwagon Nerds every Monday. Three Man Weave whatever they throw it up. And whenever else I get the call, holla at me because uh, I like doing hood rat stuff for my friends.
2: Uh, well, thank you very much for jumping in and filling in today, man. I greatly appreciate it, and I hope you had as much fun having this conversation as I did because I had a great time.
1: I did, man. Thank you, thank you for thank you for calling me, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I get to throw it in Dave's face now that. Uh, you know, I'm your new right-hand man, apparently.
2: There you go. Well, I look forward to that awkward conversation on Monday. <laughs> uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can listen to me, of course, every Sunday morning here on the Chairshot Radio, every Monday afternoon with the aforementioned Ray Cash, David Ungar, and PC Tunney on Bandwagon Nerds, and every Wednesday with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales on the Babyface Heel Podcast. That's going to do it for this Sunday edition of Chair Shot Radio. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next week when we bring back the hockey talk. You've been listening to Chairshot Radio on thechairshot.com